Good morning. Our uh, word, good news, comes out of the book of Hebrews. Uh, this is the second chapter as we begin our sermon series in Hebrews. Chapter 2, verse 10. It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom all things exist in bringing many children to glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. For the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. Since, therefore, the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one that has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, we, I'm sorry, therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he is able to help those who are being tested. The word of the Lord. You know, we hear over and over in that passage in Hebrew, Hebrews that we are brothers and sisters with Jesus. He calls us brothers and sisters, and He calls His Father our Father. God the Father is our Father. And I don't think we should just pass that over lightly. That's a, that's a real thing, you know, to be the brother and sister of Jesus. God, Jesus Christ, who through and through whom all things were made. This isn't something that, um, you know, just happens. It's not like you're having coffee with somebody, somebody and you'll say, all right, well, I'll see you later, brother. This is the maker of all things, the most powerful being in the world, and he calls himself our equal. He calls himself our equal, and then he says that, that he is going to sanctify us. We hear that he is the pioneer of our faith. And last week, we talked about judgment, and these two concepts come together. So there will be a judgment. There will be a time when all beings, all things will be reckoned. And those of us who have souls will be in the presence of God, and then we will be judged. And those who aren't sanctified will be cast out. We talked a little bit about this last week. But those who are sanctified will be made holy. That's kind of what sanctified means. It's just this big Latin word, uh, sanctus. It means to be holy. It means to be perfect. It means to be righteous and without sin. It means that we can be in the presence of God, and that means that we have heaven. Wherever God is, wherever we're in His presence, that's what we're going to call heaven. And, and the rub here is that, that those who are sanctified can have the, the reward. You know, when we hear that phrase, maybe you've heard that phrase before, you know, are you saved? Well, I, I don't really like that phrase so much. But, but saved from what? 
saved from judgment, saved from destruction, saved from being cast out into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then, and then here it is. This is the rub. The, the are you saved? God wants everyone to be saved. That is that anyone who accepts Christ can be saved. And he wants, God wants everyone to accept him. He sent his son into the world so that everyone might have the opportunity of being a child of God, of being in his presence. And this inclusiveness is radical. It is radical because the world doesn't quite get it. That all people are equal is a given by God. It is our right by God that we all have equality with each other. And because of God and his sacrifice in Jesus, no one should have to endure being cast out, that everyone can be brought in. This equality, however, is not a given in our world. You see, our world, we live in a, in a here and a not yet. I think that's the best way of putting it. We know that God is with us. We know that He has sent His Holy Spirit with us. We know that we have uh, sanctification in His Son, Jesus, and, and God has entered into the world, and yet somehow God is not in the world entirely. We live in a broken world. I think that much is true. And so we live in a world where God is here and not yet do we have His entire presence around us. We live in a world where the Holy Spirit is with us and yet there is still sin. We live in a world where God is with us and will be with us until the end of the age and yet it's not a perfect world. Yet it is not a perfect world. There is evil and there is inequality. And so Christ's life, His death, and His resurrection, which is for you and me, is to show you and me that it's not about you and me. I know that that's a difficult phrase. His death, His life, His resurrection, His entire being was so that we might be sanctified. But that's not where it ends. It continues on. We aren't just supposed to be saved and then that's it. I don't have anything yet more to do in this world. We are to then join in the fight in the same mission that He gave the whole world, that, that we might be saved so that the world might be saved. And this was the fight that the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. took up when he started the Civil Rights Movement, or, or rather championed it in America. This fight for justice and equality, it's not just an American problem, uh, but it is specifically an American institution. As in, this Monday is Martin Luther King Jr.'s day of, of remembrance, his birth. And on this day, we're going to remember the fight that was started. And I want you to see that this fight isn't a fight um, that, that happened for some Americans that started at some point in American history but it is rather a Christian fight that has been ongoing since Jesus came. That's why he came, for equality, for justice, for sanctification, so that all people might see that they're equal. And, and I'm just going to speak to my American brothers and sisters here. In America, you know, we wrestle with racism. There's a real problem in America with some people who think that they are better than others. That they think that, that they are separate and equal as somehow righteous or just. Those people we call racists. 
The racists would say that there are some that aren't my equal, that there are some that aren't my brother or my sister. And they would divide the world into us and thems. That they would say that God didn't make everybody equal and doesn't want everybody to be equal. Or maybe, maybe God likes them and loves them, but, but I don't. And I want you to see that that is absolutely wrong. That there is no place in God's kingdom for racism. Because Jesus came for all people means that all people are loved and wanted by God. And the racist would make another category. The racist would put themselves in the place of God. You see, there really is only two distinctions. There is God and everything else. You are either God or you're not. And I'm betting you're not. And if you're not, if you're on the category with me on the not side, then you don't get to decide who's better or worse because that's God's position to do. And he has decided that everyone is equal. And so the racist decides that there's a, a stratification. The racist puts himself in the position of God. The racist says that they know better than God knows. The racist would be God. Now that's a sin. That's why racism is a sin, because the racist thinks that they're God. That somehow they know who's in and who's out. You know, it always makes me laugh whenever I, I hear about who's in and who's out. Whenever somebody's talking to me about, you know, who God wants and who's going to get to heaven and, and all this other stuff, I always kind of giggle inside because I always listen. If you listen, and this will be fun if you do this too, you'll find out that whenever somebody starts putting somebody on the outs, they're always on the in. It just makes me giggle. Like, how is it that always they're on the right? Whenever God doesn't like a group, whenever some group isn't loved by God, the group that that other person is in, that one group, they're always loved by God. They always do it right, and God loves them and forgives them easily. But that other group, God couldn't forgive and wants them to be on the outside. This othering is a sin. There is no other. There is no separation. This is what Jesus was getting at in Hebrews when he was talking about we being brothers and sisters with him. This is what Jesus was getting at when he was talking about love your enemy. This is what Jesus was getting at when, when in the Gospel of John he says, I have other sheep who are not even in my fold, who belong to me. And this is what Martin Luther King Jr. was getting at when he continued to champion the civil rights movement. It wasn't about equal pay necessarily. It wasn't about protection or the, the proper application of the law. It wasn't about voter rights. It, it was about those things, but that's not really what it was about. It was about equality and justice and righteousness as God would intend it to be. And so Martin Luther started that fight 500 years ago when, when there was a pope who was who was pushing down on the people saying that they couldn't have a relationship with God. It was picked up in the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King Jr. And it continues on today with us here now, Christians who are living and breathing. The fight continues on. It's in fits and starts. I grant it to you, it doesn't have a smooth pattern, but it is nonetheless how God wants it to be. His kingdom with anyone who would join in it, working for the equality and righteousness of all people. This is the kingdom of God. And it's what Jesus was getting at when he said, when did you feed me? 
When did you visit me when I was in prison? When did you clothe me when I was naked? When did you march with me in the streets? Brothers and sisters in Christ, the, the hope, the dream that all children might be judged on who they are and not some quality of their skin is not just a dream of one man long time ago. It is the dream of every Christian today. Don't give up. 